Only God can judge my saved TikToks. Just walked face first into the glass door and out to my weekend TGIF. Is there cilantro essential oils? Because I'd rub that all over me. Do sympathetic nose pickers exist? Parents please weigh in. I need the 7-Eleven employees to see me without slippers on and food in my teeth. Welcome to Tweet Victory with your hosts at Annie underscore Berglund and at CWC Radio. Welcome to Tweet Victory. I am at CWC Radio and I am joined as always by... At Annie underscore Berglund. Annie, I'm going to set the timer for five minutes and we can jump right into the Tweet of the Week. Actually, before we jump into the Tweet of the Week, I want to apologize. My mic was set up weird last week. It always frustrates me. You have, listener, you have no idea. No matter how, if you're frustrated by it, I am 10 times more frustrated. <laughs> it drives me crazy um, when I when I do that. And I think it's the second time I've done that with this mic, with that mic setup. So I'm not using that mic setup today because I just wanted to make sure this one was clean. <laughs> now let's jump into the tweet of the week. Uh, so this comes from earlier today. Uh, it mm-hmm. says, logged 45 hours in seven days. How have I been sitting on Breath of the Wild for this long? Now, yeah. here's my question. Yeah. Have you recently started playing Breath of the Wild? Yeah, seven okay. days ago. Okay. So what I like about this tweet yeah. is I can interpret how have I been sitting on Breath of the Wild this long as how have I been sitting for seven days for 45 hours or how, uh, have it, how has it taken me this long to play Breath of the Wild? Because this has been out for several years at this yeah. point. So I meant it by the second one, but yeah, I guess both work. So the second, yeah, it's been out for five years. I think it came out in 2017 and I've had it like we've had it for years and I just never played it. Oh, really? Has Mike because, played it? No, he hasn't either. So f- some of those 45 hours, like we've, it's kind of both of us together, but sure. like we watch each other play. We're on the same save file. So like, that's what a good marriage is right there. Right. Playing, We're playing like, a Zelda game together. And then if I fall asleep or if he fa- it's usually me falling asleep first, I'll be like, don't you dare play any of the main game. Like you can do side quests, but don't you dare do any of the, the main stuff because I, I need to be watching. So like the 45 hours, maybe like take away four of them from when I fell asleep. But for the most part, we have been like watching each other play all of those. I love that. That's that's really fantastic. I think I've told you this story, but not on air, but um, my wife and I, before our son was born, so he was born at the end of June in 2005. And right before then, uh, my birth, so my birthday is May 16th, right? So there's about a month and a half there for my birthday. She got me uh, a GameCube, which was an old system. Well, Trying to think, I don't think the the uh, we had come out yet, but the GameCube no. was still an old system by then. Yep. Um, and one of the things that we got was um, uh, Wind Waker, uh, which is to this date I think is my favorite video game of all time. And we and we were both teachers, so we would teach all day, and we would come home. And because my wife was extremely pregnant at that point, really is hard to do much else. We just played Wind Waker every day from the you know through through the end of may up until my son was born and we finished like a couple days before he was born and and sorry uh, how old were you at the time uh 27 okay yeah. yeah it's so fun and the world seems endless 
And actually, like a lot of Breath of the Wild is a lot like Wind Waker. I used to play that on GameCube too. And um, it's like, it's, there's all these puzzles to solve. And like, we're like talking through it. I'm like, I feel like such a gamer, even though I'm not. Like, I, man, I'm using the bow and arrow. I'm getting better. Got some headshots in here and there. But like, for the most part, not a gamer, not good at it. And like, it's still so fun. Now, running the risk of this becoming a video game podcast, which I'm sure Chris Moore would enjoy, what is it about Zelda games? Yeah. Because my wife does not play video games. Yeah. I, I like I like sports video games a lot. She has no interest in that. I'm I have a more interest in video games broadly, although I barely do any of that stuff. Um, but my wife loves Zelda games. Yeah, there is something about them that has this sort of crossover appeal because you don't strike me as a as a gamer. Mike actually doesn't strike me as that much of a gamer, but maybe, oh, maybe more so he's... more than me. Yeah, yeah, um, he's a gamer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, like, what is it that that there could be a game that could be that enjoyed by people who sometimes even actively dislike video games, which yeah. I put my wife almost there can be enjoyed by them, but still lauded and enjoyed by somebody who's like a hardcore gamer. Because even when I listen to video game podcasts, like how did this, uh, how did this get played? Or I forget, it's mm. just called Get Played Now. But um, they love it. And these are people who are professional video gamers, you know, basically like Twitch streamer video gamers. So what is it? What's the appeal? Yeah. yeah. What's the mass appeal, right? Like, so this is a roundabout way to kind of get at my answer for it, which is like, so I, <laughs> we were talking before too, I was listening to a podcast and Jordan Peele was being interviewed and they asked him, um, you know, with his new movie coming out, they were like, so, so obviously you are in fully, you have made comedy. You are fully in the horror genre now uh, as a director. Like what are the things that you're reading or consuming in media that like inspire you and challenge you? And his, his number one answer was anime. And I, and he said anime because it, the world building of it is like so immense and like all consuming. And I feel like that's maybe where the Zelda games are so appealing to me. It's like all the NPCs have little stories and like their own little plots that you're trying to figure out and like help them through, like helping a couple get married or like telling the town gossip to stop gossiping like all these little things where you feel like you're actually in the community and then also like when you zoom out more there's just this entire world and like little families and people like throughout it that you can interact with i don't know it just feels like i could spend hours in it yeah there are tons of like rpg video games that don't appeal to people that's the part that that's the part that's so strange is like like it's almost not you could almost not replicate it except that Zelda keeps replicating it. And may, right. maybe there are, maybe there are, but but I, I I promise you from my experience, whenever I encounter somebody who says, Oh, if you like that, you should play this. And whenever I've tried to play whatever this is, or especially, you know, Anne and I have looked at this, it's just like it mm-hmm. just does it's not the same. But there's some there's some re- there's some strange thing where Zelda's have because we also did I forget the name of the Zelda game for the Wii Twilight 
I want to call Twilight, Twilight Princess. Pony. Yep, Twilight Princess. Is that what it is? Because that sounds yep. like a My Little Pony. Um, <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, like we also we also did the same thing with that, and that game had. The, I mean, we we played that whole game together too. So it's weird that they can keep replicating it. Um, there there is. I mean, uh, there's something magic about it. There's something cinematic about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but even beyond that, I think there's something um involving or engrossing about it, where where you get sort of pulled in where and maybe that's what like that maybe it's the difference between anime and good anime right (laughs) because i think you're right like when i uh, a few weeks ago on video store we we watched um hayao miyazaki spirited away and Mm. one of the thoughts i had watching it was i feel like i'm playing a zelda game i'm playing a zelda game even though i'm not controlling anything because often when playing a zelda game it means somebody else has the control and we're talking through what's happening and what we need to do yeah and um, rules are bent and there's just like, and I think it's similar though to anime because at least like, I, I don't know much about anime. Right. And like, I feel like that's a similar thing, right? Like I'm not really into anime. I'm also not really into video games, but there's some of those that are like, like you said, mass appeal spirited away, just phenomenal. And like it, you would, it would be hard to find. I feel like it'd be hard to find someone in my generation who hasn't watched it or is aware of it like aware Mm -hmm. of the storytelling of it um or other Miyazaki movies and so like I think that there's something that maybe with like the art style of because it's a similar art style too I think like maybe there's a, a welcoming component of it where like other RPGs can feel darker or like more violent or you know like there's just right. i think that it they it it made it so palatable for like anyone you know sure so so what what was your first zelda game wind waker wind waker okay yeah. see my my first one was the original legend of zelda on the nes no oh. um, and i i remember well that's a product of my age that came out in like 85 so i was like eight years <laughs> old so it was perfect um i remember i believe it was the first nintendo power magazine had a fold out that was the entire world map of Zelda of that <sighs> Zelda which you know by today's standards is not huge by standards of anything from um, anything from my experience like it was the biggest thing in the world uh, and I just remember like pouring over that map and playing the game having that map out with me and and you know part of it is I just remember like discovering all of these hidden things and the crazy thing about them is like there's no way you could have known that if you burn this mm. this little tree that underneath it is going to be a staircase that might be a staircase to somebody who's giving you something or trying to sell you something. It might also be a, sta- a staircase to like a hidden dungeon where the tri or piece of the triforce is like you don't like like the, the, but what's crazy is I have uh, 30 35 years later turned on the original Zelda and all of that stuff is imprinted in my head. Like I was yeah. playing with my son and whenever he would go to a screen, I'm like, put a bomb there, burn yep. this. And I'm just like, there's stuff in all of these places. I can tell you where they are. And it's just sort of coded, coded into yeah. the logic of it. Like makes perfect sense when you've played through it before. Yeah. Um, it's funny too, because like it like permeates my my life i mean obviously i've played a lot of hours in the last week like it's embarrassing it's like a full-time job um but like it's so stupid because like i mean i got i mean 
I got like a job offer this week. And so I called up Mike and I was like, Hey, I got a job offer. Great news. And we're so excited. And then like the next thing I was like, and also I caught a horse. <laughs> I got, I caught a horse and I put it in the stable and I named it Chamchi, which is tuna in Korean, right? Like all of these stupid, like, or, or like I'll be walking around and it'll just be a sudden, it's almost like an intrusive thought though, obviously not, but I'll be like, I wonder how much that plant is worth. <laughs> like, you know, like looking, mm-hmm. like IDing things as if I'm in the game. Like that's how obsessed I am right now. Sure, it starts it's to it disgusting. Starts to shift your way of viewing the world. <laughs> so, do you have a moment in, and it could be from any any Zelda game, where you had like the the moment where you sort of were overtaken by the game, and it just and and and. Uh, I guess maybe that like that feeling of adventure or excitement yeah. or whatever kind of like took Man, over in Wind Waker. This is so specific, but in Wind Waker, when you are on the boat and you're like going through the water and there's like the waves crashing up on the boat and then you get to Rito Island, I think it's what it's called, where the bird people live. Mm hmm. I love the and you hear like okay so there's like the ocean music of like traveling on the water but then it changes once you get close to an island and it's like the island song and like listening to Rito Island song it's like it like triggers something in me where I'm like so nostalgic and like happy and like inspired I don't know how about you uh a couple things um there the the fact that in and 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 actually the island you're talking about has this um, but there are moments and even especially the island you start on in, in that game, like there are things you experience the first time you go to the island, but then later on, as you've learned to do more or maybe acquired a few more items, you realize that this island has all of this other stuff too. You just couldn't get to it before. Yeah. And, and, and there is something so exciting about the fact that like it's both a game of adventure where you're going out and it has this vast map and there's nothing like sailing on the boat like just sort of hitting the open seas and realize it's the first time i realized like a game didn't have to be linear i'm not saying it's the first game like that but for me it was the first thing i played where it's like oh we're supposed to go to this island but we could explore any of these and we could find out if there's stuff in these other places. So you could sometimes do something earlier than you were supposed to. And and it didn't break the game. Yeah. Um, But then also realizing you go back to that initial Island and you may have tools now that allow you to do things you couldn't do before, or there's something on the backside of this Island or there's that. And then there is something now, again, I've never played breath of the wilds, which I imagine visually is, stunning light light years ahead of even twilight princess but um there's something about twilight princess where part of that game is you become a wolf for Mm. at nighttime um i don't remember why or how but you become and there's something about like you know a lot of that game like a lot of zelda games you're running through these open fields getting from place to place and there's something strange about when it becomes night and you're running through those fields as a wolf Mm. And like you don't have the same weapons and things like this, but you have like whatever your wolf sense of smell or whatever. But there was something about running through that that same open field at a different time of day as a wolf, and I was just like, "Wow, this has I am I have been captured by this." Like like yeah. this is there is something, yeah that that 
is moving in a way, you know, beyond what I've experienced before. And all these things are things that I've experienced in games before, but like something about this is more magic. I remember playing, I think it was Castlevania two was the first game I ever played that had night and day in it. And that those mm-hmm. things were different, but then, but playing twilight princess and having that like visceral, almost visceral experience of being a different being, which is yeah. why you're always in a video game, but it, something felt different. And yeah, it was, it was pretty yeah. magical. Yeah. And that's why it's also really fun, I think, to play with other people because then you can like because like what we're describing, I feel like I could I could go back and place myself in like the moment when I saw those things and that it does become really nostalgic and like a good memory. And almost like when you're listening to music and like the the music takes you back to like this pivotal time when you were really into that song or into that artist. Like, I feel like video games can do the same thing. Like I remember sitting in my, like in my parents' house with my little brother, five years younger than me, we're both like trying to figure out some of these puzzles in Wind Waker. And like, there's something like just really nice about it. I don't know. It's just really sweet. Right. Absolutely. And the feeling of going into a new space and realizing there's all the stuff I need to solve. Yeah. And there's so many ways to solve it. Like it's not just one way. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been a weird episode. I knew (laughs) we were just going to be like, you know, what's pretty good is Zelda games. (laughs) Fangirling over something that everyone loves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like this is insightful for no one. Um, But at this point, who are we making tweet victory for other than you, me, and maybe Chris Moore? Yeah. Maybe Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see all the people we're naming. How, you know, just should be part of this conversation, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think we need a part two. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> or we just need to do a spinoff podcast where we just talk about like uh, emotional experiences playing Zelda games. <laughs> I would definitely listen to that. Yeah, we could call it like Zelda made me cry or something. Oh, it's, just like, it's like it's like weird positive Zelda therapy experiences, <laughs> you know. What did we unearth about ourselves today That's by right. playing That's at right. Zelda? Yes. Uh, well, if you enjoy discussions about our <laughs> specific experiences playing video games, which are not new. Specific and not very knowledgeable. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like we're the last people anybody should listen to talking about video games. Um, if you enjoy this for some reason, you should follow at Annie underscore Berglund at twitter.com. You should subscribe to the channel 3900 podcast network. We have lots of great stuff. We, uh, this week we dropped our final episode of a very, very Pixar podcast. It was the Pixar award show. It's great. The draft episode's great. The award show episode's great. Um, highly recommend you go back and listen to those. Um, we are in talks to maybe put out another, uh, election shock therapy here in August. Um, I, there's emails flying about, so hopefully we'll get something else uh, in place. There is a lot's happening, uh, video stores in full swing. And we're, I hate to say this, we're approaching our fall programming where we're going to, um, be bringing back some episodes, be bringing in some new stuff. Um, so lots of exciting things coming on the network. Uh, as we start to move into September. That is all the time that we have, but we will be back next week with another episode of Tweet Victory. See you then. Follow us at Annie underscore Berglund and or at CWC Radio. Mm-hmm.